You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. And now, Side B. So, I guess we can't really talk about R&B stuff. You know me, I'm an R&B head. But no, I, guess I, 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 was, I was looking at these. And so, the R&B stuff, really weird to me. So, like, the Grammys, have they try to separate out, but they use inconsistent terminology. They try to separate out what they see as modern R&B versus traditional R&B. But then mm-hmm. there are clearly people who are not they're not it's not like they're like old retro artists making what they consider traditional r&b so like here's an example so for like best traditional r&b performance like bj the chicago kid is nominated over there but he's also nominated for a different song under best r&b performance so like which which is supposed to be the more modern version so it's like i i don't really know if i quite get like exactly what's going on there but yeah okay okay um, the interesting takeaways that, from me—that's this is—that's the—that's the crux of the issue with the Grammys. Is basically yeah. we're all out there playing a game or playing yeah. basketball. We've all agreed that we're going to follow these rules, but then as we're playing the game, we're like, these rules don't really make sense. Like, how come this is worth two points? How come like the yep. thing they they aren't adding up as we go through that? This reminds me of how I used to when I used to like file my music away and shout out to my mom who's a librarian, and so I was just designed with this organizational focus from day one. But I used to filter, you know, my hip hop into commercial hip hop and then underground hip hop. This is like raucous days. And then I would do like East coast, West coast, Midwest, like, you know, down South hip hop, whatever, and filter it all out. And maybe six years ago or something, I remember trying to like find songs. I was like, this is ridiculous. I just took all of my songs that were in R and B and remixes and rap records and all those different folders. And I just put them into one music tracks folder, which is, I think what a lot of kids in, in sort of the iTunes generation have done is like, you just put all your music into one folder and the genre classifications don't make sense anymore. And so, yeah, hearing that BJ, the Chicago kid is nominated for a traditional R and B record and then like a new R and B record. And then trying to determine what the difference is between some sort of Trey songs like bottoms up style club R&B record and then some BJ the Chicago kid homage to Marvin on like a more soulful record like I don't know I I don't think we can draw these lines in the sand and say clearly like this belongs here and this belongs there so it's like the very fundamental rules of the game don't make sense to me for how they're trying to uh program these awards so I think they've lost me from the start yeah, and another interesting thing about R&B, especially this year where you had, even though Rihanna didn't really walk away with, I think, anything, she had a, a good number of nominees, uh, nominations, you know, as as did Beyonce. But for them, what you saw is, while they're both nominated for what they call Best Urban Contemporary Album, which is their way of trying to say a modern-sounding uh, R&B album, um, most, of their, it, most of their big, bigger hits were nominated in, like, the best song or best record category like and i think that's that's like a that's mostly a strategy like beyonce could have submitted all sorts of you know things for best r&b performance and best traditional r&b performance but i think she wants to see you know her and her people they want to they they're not worried about those grand like they want record of the year they want song of the year so it's all this like weird strategy stuff so that's part of the weirdness too but like the biggest thing that stuck out to me was that somehow so like the best urban contemporary album nominees are so Beyonce won it for Lemonade, but the other nominees are Rihanna, Rihanna with Anti, Anderson Pac with Malibu, uh, King We Are King, and one. and I don't, I don't know this last one. Armand, are you looking at this? Is it? Yeah, 
I've never heard of Gallant or Gallant. Never heard of them before in my life. Okay, really? That's a that's a male singer from outside of LA, or at least he's based in LA now. Super okay. dope. A lot of falsetto. One of my favorite singers around right now. My favorites are like BJ Anderson Pack, Gallant, Sampha. Like those are some of my favorite voices. Gallant you, is very dope. You like you like unique voices then, because Sampha and Anderson, those are unique voices. Sampha is my favorite voice. Oh my goodness. Sampha, he he okay. sounds like he has an air bubble in his throat and he just doesn't <laughs> want to get it like to swallow. So he just decides. Did you like did you like his new album? I love his new album, but it's okay. it's it reminds me a little bit. I mean, it sounds odd because Sampha's album is fairly low key and Yeezus, which is what I was about to compare it to, is so aggressive, but it reminds me a bit of Yeezus in that it's not an easily digestible album. Yeah. Like like Sampha could make pretty popular records and still be critically acclaimed. Like he could do easy to listen to records. Um but he likes experimenting with weird rhythms and weird sounds and stuff. So I, I like it. I think a record like the um No One Knows Me, like the piano song, like is incredible to me. That it's just him and a piano and packing it in with more emotion than I think Adele could ever dream of having in a piano-driven duet, uh, just between a, a voice and a, a piano. Like that, to me, is so packed full of emotion that I'm not necessarily looking for the most traditionally perfect, pitch-perfect voice. I'm always looking for emotion in the music. So that's why, yeah, Anderson Pack wins for me. Sampha wins for me. It's Chance wins for me. Uh, Kanye wins for me. Anyone where I can listen to and I get a sense of the soul or the emotion behind it, that's what I'm after. Yeah, that, that's the vibe I got from the Sanford Project. I only I skimmed through it and I was like, you have to sit down with this. Yeah, put it in your headphones, walk around for the day, put it in the car while you drive around in the rain, something like that. Like, it'll sound better. It will make more sense in, in those settings. You know, you can't really put that record on next to like a Lemonade or an Anti record or something and, and kind of compare the two. Um, it's interesting that Beyonce won for that category when I thought, hands down, Rihanna had the better album. I thought, didn't the whole world agree on this? Isn't this Rihanna's best album? I don't know. I mean, yes. people yes. were people were mad that Beyonce didn't win best out al- like best overall album. So you know, but you're right. I mean, Rihanna's album is yeah. I'd say Rihanna's album is better. I mean, frankly, like be, like I, a lot of people were complaining about those, and I said this on Twitter, but I'm like, you know, this album, this a lot of these R and B categories are a little weird for me because. I'm a huge fan of Blonde, and I feel like Frank would have just cleaned up. So, <laughs> Armand does not share my enthusiasm he yawning for Blonde. In the background there? He might uh, be uh, sort of a groaning. Um, yeah. Yeah. Was, there a non, was there a non-drum category that he could have nominated it for? <laughs> exactly. Like, he would have walked away with that. It would have been like oh. a Lauryn Hill acoustic live performance versus yes. Blonde. Look, I love Frank, but I love drums as well. And I would have preferred <laughs> the two stayed together. I, I yeah, I, I, I got to say Blonde is probably one of my... It's weird to have that be one of my more disappointing albums of the year when I still oh. think it's good. I don't think it's great. I think it's a good album. But I guess my hopes for the trajectory that I thought we were on uh, with... Uh, what was the first one with the BMW on the cover? Like the mixtape Nostalgia, Nostalgia Ultra. Nostalgia Ultra, yeah. Yeah, like that to Channel Orange. Like two just incredibly like flawless records to me. I don't know. Maybe I was just hoping for the three-peat and I didn't quite get it with Blonde. And then the rollout was just corny to me. Like, I'm Yeah, sorry. The, ro- the rollout was not the, good. Yeah, these attempts to 
you know, some people do it successfully. Lemonade was a successful rollout. Kanye's is like the perfect example of a non-successful, unsuccessful rollout of how do you have like 10 different versions of the album? Like, oh, we're just going to make this a living, breathing document. Like this is like uploaded to Google Docs and we're just refreshing this and anyone can contribute and we can re-upload and overwrite songs like from week to week. And so there's five different versions of the life of Pablo or something like that's so weird to me. Um, and I thought Frank's rollout was incredibly weird with all the hype, which I, I was all in on like, yes, let's build hype. But the way he did it with that random 24 hours of building something video and then having like a soundtrack to that plus the album on the side, I thought was very strange. But I still think Frank's a genius. But musically, I just think we I was hoping for more. But it sounds like you think it, it could have won R&B album of the year if he nominated it. I, I mean, at the very least, I mean, I could imagine you know, I mean, Nike was sort of the single from that. Um, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I mean, the fact that that's not nominated, I mean, he didn't submit it. That's why. But also, it's kind of weird that Solange, you know, gets, she won for Cranes in the Sky, best R&B performance. But how is her album not nominated? Solange's what? album is better than Beyonce's, for sure. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I, I thought, what wasn't there something, didn't we talk about this, Doc, where like, cranes in the sky got submitted but the album didn't or something like that i mean it's like like that the i mean i checked the i checked the date so the the other weird thing about the grammys that i complain about every year is the grammy window of eligibility runs from october 1st to september 31st so that's why you have you know like justin bieber's album from last fall like from fall 2015 got gets nominated for album of the year because even though we're talking about it you know for the 2017 grammys it's that weird window solange's album was released on the last day of september no doubt i mean maybe they didn't do it on purpose but very clearly like barely makes it in the grammy window but yeah maybe they forgot to i mean that's sort of the new thing is like people forgetting to submit (laughs) to submit projects which is weird because i think the grammys at this point only exist for the artists and the labels Right. So the labels all want them because it's the same reason why, you know, the movie studios want to be able to stamp like three time Oscar nominee right. or whatever on their movie posters. So like it, it's validation for the labels. And it's something that these people can literally add to their resumes that they've worked on sure. Grammy nominated or Grammy award winning uh, projects. And then obviously the artists want it because no matter how selfless you are of an artist, like it's good to be recognized and you pour your heart and soul into your craft. You always want to be recognized for sure. But I just wonder if, if they are clearly for the industry, uh, for the artists and for the labels and for the managers and those folks, like I don't think the Grammys are for the fans anymore, or at least not the music loving fans. Maybe it's for pop culture, but like, are we just going to play the same game every year where yes. we get annoyed with the nominations? A couple people win that we like, a lot of people that we like lose and we just have the same conversation in the week yep. prior to the Grammys and after the Grammys. Because there's some, there's a, a decent performance or two as well. Happened yeah. last year with, uh, wasn't Kendrick's performance last year? That was the one with like the, the chains. And yeah. They're all like in the jail cell stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that was what chance was this year. It's, it's, you're absolutely right. It's the same thing. They just switch out the people. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I, I feel like maybe we should be just be using this time to do kind of what we just did previously, which is, highlight music that we like like i don't care whether sampler's album is ever nominated for a grammy i don't care whether his label gets their act together to submit it on time i have no concept of release dates anymore in the world that we live in like we already killed the tuesday release date and now things can come out friday or they can come out wherever when you're in this digital first landscape 
uh, like I don't know when songs come out. Like like we talked about Hotline Bling. Hotline Bling came out during OVO Radio. Like that's not a drop. That just it just came out. Like he used to post stuff to the OVO blog too, right? And that would turn into a single later at yep. two a.m. some night. So I don't care about release dates. I don't care about label submissions. I don't really care about the awards myself. But I am still massively passionate about uh, the actual music and like so like what albums are you listening to now? What do you like? What's not getting the credit uh, that you think it should? And at least on like our radio show on Sound Session, like that's all we try to do. Like I can, I don't really care at all about who's getting that recognition. It's great if people do. So if Anderson Pack gets that award, fantastic. But for me, I'm still gonna play seven or eight cuts off his album regardless because I think it's dope and it just needs to be heard. So that's what I would petition all of us music lovers to do: is just continue to talk about stuff that you like. Like don't look at the best R&B category and only focus on those albums. If there's something that you're really feeling that dropped randomly on Spotify or something, then talk about it. Like, I don't know, the other day I was listening to this Loyal Carner record. Are you up on Loyal Carner? He's like this UK MC. I think he's super dope. No one in the US really knows much about him. He'll never be nominated for a Grammy. That album was way more enjoyable than everything but Chance and Kanye on the best rap album category, right? But that's the kind of stuff that I think we should all be highlighting and in, in talking about in our tweets and our Facebook posts on our radio shows on our podcast, whatever, because otherwise we're just playing into this Grammy game that to me just gets old. Really? Yeah. That's my rant. Okay. I, I agree. I agree. That said, I'll yeah. be tuning into next year's Grammy. <laughs> exactly. 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 Uh, exactly. I'm trying to think, uh, did either of you two see the, uh, the Prince tribute? Yeah, I saw it. I did not see it. Uh-oh. Armand. Oh, Armand. So, listen, shout out to Morris Day in the time. Man, Morris Day looks old, He man. does. I didn't, I, for a second, I was like, wait, did they have to bring out a new? And then I'm like, no, no, that's Morris Day. Yeah. He looks really Morris old. Morris Day is old. That's yeah. exactly. I know just, that, but like, he, do, he doesn't even look like Morris Day at this point. He doesn't. He just had a lot. That's, that's the great thing about having, and maybe... I don't know if you guys saw this or Doc. Well, yeah, you don't have it either. And maybe y'all can tell me this because y'all are nerds like me. Um, Watching the Grammys or watching television just off of um, my HD antenna versus like cable, like the, the quality in the antenna was way better than like my cable box. So I just saw crazy layers of makeup on his face. It was weird. Like it was almost like he was a different color. Like he spray tanned before he came out, like he was a wrestler or something. And he just like, he just got some, some tan he painted on. And then he just like took a water bottle and sprayed his face in his curl. And he went out and they, they did the, they did the bird and all the other stuff that the time does. They did Jungle Love and the Bird, which are classics. Like, I get Yeah, sure, 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 sure. I'm not mad at the performance, you know, and even getting Bruno Mars, you know, hey, it's a, a pretty guy with who can play the guitar. Well, the, um, we talked about when we talk about the when we talk about the Bruno album. Like uh, he he is a master at being able to see, uncannily emulate sounds. So like yeah, well, he he started as an Elvis impostor. That's right. When he was a kid, right? That's right. So like he's he's great at now. You know, emulating Prince is a tough spot, right? Especially when they give you a big guitar solo at the end because. Bruno's talented, but he's not Prince in the guitar. But you know what? I didn't think he did that bad, actually. It could have been, I don't know. To me, it could have been worse. 
Yes, absolutely. I agree. I I agree. Okay. Was uh, there any anything else? Did you see uh you see Abel and Daft Punk? No. <laughs> I saw that one because that was at the beginning of the show and I yeah. watched about the first hour and a half of it. Uh yeah, that was interesting. You know, Abel trying to get his Michael Jackson on. No. I saw some people tweeting he was the new age Michael. No. He yeah. tweeted it? No, not him, but <laughs> other people about it. Yeah, that would be a bold move. Even he is not that bold uh, yet. Yet, right. If you would have told me... I don't know. I got, I got no problem with that Abel record. The whole album, I think, is solid. I think the uh, you know Feel It Coming record is... Yeah, it's just like, I can't feel my face. Like These are MJ knockoff records. Yeah, I mean like, the... karaoke versions of... Right, classic MJ record. I feel like Daft Punk kind of mails it in on on that with the production on. I feel it coming, but I feel like Daft Punk should not be on stage performing. As fun as they are to look at, and as cool right. as the costumes are and the visuals, like I'm not getting the point. They're not playing anything back live. Right. They're not doing anything other than pretending to press buttons. They're literally not even pressing buttons. <laughs> that part is just really weird to me. Every time I see them, if they come out and they DJ, that's great. Um, if they come back and they, or if they come out and do like what disclosure will do and that's like play stuff back live with drum machines or whatever, fantastic. But when they come out just in sort of a theatrical presentation, I'm very much a fan of the visuals, but it's really weird and does nothing sonically other than just like hitting play on the track. But that's just me. Agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, so uh, yeah, so outside of anything else that you want to talk about for uh, for the Grammys, hyphen? No, I'm Grammyed out, guys. So I mean, this, this might this might be the last year that I really pay any attention. To, to be we we killed the Grammys for you. <laughs> you did it. You've done it. Finally, it's happened. Um. So Armand, real quick, you had mentioned before the show that you want to talk a little bit about Future Hendrix. Do you want to talk about the Beyonce record first? Uh, Shining. Yes. Eh, do we have to? <laughs> do you have to? Do you have to let it linger? Uh, yes. So you like it? I think the record's dope. I okay. think it's... When we're talking about Jay-Z and Beyonce collaboration records, can we all agree that the bar is kind of low? The bar is incredibly low. Well, <laughs> so, how many of them have been good? I mean... Crazy in Love is good. Crazy in Love is a classic. I like, part, deja, I like Deja part, Vu. Ooh, I don't and, know about that. Uh, Jay-Z aside, Drunk in Love is great. Uh, Jay's all right on Drunk in Love. Eh... <laughs> okay. You just don't like Jay on these trap tempos. You want you want uh, he struggles. He, str- he struggles. Okay, uh, yeah. So, shining uh, produced by oh wow. Yeah, who who did the beat? Danger. That Danger, Danger hands. Yes. Yeah. Danger the hands. Under, really the under understudy to Timberland for many years. Yeah. Ghost producer. Oh man. Oh. <laughs> you got a I'm cough nice. there? Come on, you all right? Yeah. Man, it's getting it's getting there. Um, who kind of did? I I I was randomly on title, and I I need to make time to revisit that Nelly Furtado album that she did with Timbaland. I feel like there were some joints on there. <laughs> That's random. Yeah, Danger is yeah, all very, over that in, in terms of production. Yep, yep. Where like Future Sex Love Sounds got more attention. I mean, it was a good album, but you know, Nelly has some joints too. But anyway, that's dope that he did that record. That's interesting. That's interesting. Well, Khaled, Khaled got co-production. So yeah, he gets co-production and, uh, <laughs> could, you know, and if, and if genius is, uh, is accurate, then, um, party next door helped write Beyonce's portion. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I'm not, I'm not, man. it's not a very well written song. I mean, no. what, 
what's the song about really um i just think that beat is really infectious that sample is crazy i like jay on it um i feel like it's but one of those but we like jay on everything to be honest no like, not on clock not radio on clock speakers, radio speakers. <laughs> <laughs> jay it's always fun to hear a jay verse jay I mean, needs to it is. he needs to sit the next rest of his life out when it comes to he's he's done he's done he has a, he has an incredible incredible legacy one of the greatest to ever do it but i i i just i i can't tell you the last time i heard a, a good jay-z verse it's been a long time what, what yeah, yeah drug, that's right. drug dealer anonymous i was gonna say drug dealers anonymous are you serious that's that's the closest <laughs> he's come with that the only problem with that verse is that he drops the damn daniel that's exactly why like, i he's yeah, yeah. Which is up there with the planking on a million reference. Like you can't drop these <laughs> internet. Planking on a million. Oh man. Yeah, like it just instantly dates the record. So you're like, all right, cool. This is very funny for about five days. But as soon as we're over, damn Daniel, for the rest of my life, I'm gonna hear this dope record and then be like, oh yeah, there was this silly internet meme and Jay wanted to be young again, so he mentioned it. Drug Dealers uh, Anonymous is definitely the closest he's come in a long time. He's forever young, Hyphen. Oh, forever young. That's a terrible record. <laughs> I don't know. I, I want to hear some more about Jay Z's dad rap. I'm looking forward to the dad rap era. Yes. Um, Ten years of Jay albums. Yes. 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 I mean, look, he's been to... trying to do one thing for the last 30 years in rap, and that's tell you why he's cooler than you. Yep. That's literally been his only goal for the last 30 years, and it's very difficult to continue that and to do it in innovative ways. But now he has to try to brag as a dad, which I think <laughs> is fairly entertaining. So I'm, I'm say, for, for Jay references or Jay verses. I'm I'm interested to see what the next actual album might be if he puts one out. I mean, they've got the you know they've got the rumored Jay Beyonce album that's just sitting there. That's gonna be trash. I'm I'm also I mean I, and we heard this last year, but the Jay album was, that was supposed to come out last year is supposed to really actually be coming out this year. When we were talking about title, if we didn't know if title was going to make it and, you know, what was title going to have to do? Title low key had a really, really good year and they kind of don't need a J album, but I'm sure it's I'm sure it's there and I'm sure we'll hear it before Christmas. Doc, what would a J album have to sound like to have you interested in 2017 and beyond? Um, I just don't want him to chase after like I, I, I'm a real big believer that um, uh, tempos can really make or break a, a rapper. Um, some can adapt to different tempos well and some can't. I've heard enough Jay-Z rapping over 55 to 60 BPM beats to tell you that doesn't work for him. So um, <laughs> as long as he's going to keep chasing that trend um, then uh, and sort of try to sound like the cool kid sound, like I'm kind of cool with that. Um, if Jay wants to try something different, then I think that's opens up a whole other conversation. You know, um, I think it is. I think it's it's people like Kanye who get on one hand a lot of criticism for inviting a lot of people into the creative process. But the benefit of that is if you do associate yourself with Travis Scott and Kid Cudi and whoever else, and you're legitimately working on music with the youngsters and putting future right. or or <laughs> designers. I mean, yeah, these guys are literally. It's a little weird to be honest. These are grown ass men hanging out with men twenty years younger than them, Agreed. trying to be cool with them. Like, there's something weird about that socially, but whatever. Um, the whole sort of pop culture uh, circle is weird to begin with, but like Kanye can kind of pull that off. So if you look at Life of Pablo. Like, yeah, there's a lot of weird trap-related designer slash future slash Metro Boomin slash whoever on that record, but it actually kind of works. 
But when Jay goes in to work on these albums, like he calls up Young Guru to be the engineer, like he does not bring in 30 different people that are kind of working on the cutting edge and the most popular uh, style that's popping right now. So he brings in folks that are kind of around that, but he just kind of gets like a beat and then tries to rap to it and it doesn't really work out. Um, so I don't think he could quite pull it off, which would be, which is why I would love to see him just come out with some like mid nineties thing. Just ba- come back basically like, redo I'm American making, gangster. Yeah. Like I'm just, I'm going to, you know, cause now it's, it's old enough now that you could try to reinvent it as retro and cool. And he could just come out with like some boom bap, like basically like steal Joey badass's wave. If he even has one, like just try to push to these kids of this like mid nineties era sound. If he came back with that, he'd have all the old folks like us into it, and he would convince the kids maybe that like, oh, this retro sound is cool again. But if he tries to chase Twenty One Savage, it's going to be a problem. You know, Twenty One Savage is gonna get is gonna have a, a feature on that. <laughs> the lead single will be featuring Twenty One Savage, oh, no. no doubt about it at this point. So that so they're gonna do um, uh, off that part too. Oh, <laughs> produced by Danger. <laughs> I think Danger might have done off that, or was that a Timberland record? That uh, was that was well, that was Tim. That was Tim that after was, Danger when he was really really bad because all those Blueprint Three Timberland records are terrible. <laughs> oh, Blueprint Three! I forgot about that. That was uh, the Kanye. Was right, ironically, the, the Kanye records on Blueprint Three are the best ones. Um, uh, Hate would like a word with you. That's a terrible song, but it might be one of Jay's worst records. <laughs> uh, Run this town. Jerry. Already home, um, yeah. There's a what's, what's another one? Um, Run that, this town is a is an epic record. I got no problem with Run this town. Right, that's that's a great single record. The album starts off really dope. What we talking about is cool. Thank yeah. you is still crazy. Um, Do Doa's dope. Run this town is dope. I don't remember anything after that. <laughs> that's all. I do remember so. Amb- I do remember so ambitious because that that's low key one of the better Jay and Pharrell collabs. Hmm. See, this is why the next, hmm, this is interesting. We haven't, we haven't talked about this officially, but at some point in our mind, we, we're going to have to do a definitive 15 on Jay. So, uh, hyphen, we've been, <clears throat> we've been starting this, this series where for a while we did retrospectives of artists, but you know, we want to switch it up. So we did one on R. Kelly of all people and one on Kanye where we have a guest join us in the show and we all try to come up with what we think are that artist's 15 definitive tracks. Mm. And the Kanye one had my wife on it and it was actually spectacular. She's a huge Kanye fan. Um, but I don't, first of all, I don't know who we would pick for the J one, but a J one would be fascinating. That would be awesome. That, that is a great debate on, yeah, someone like Kanye, even someone like Drake. Like I'm always yeah. fascinated when I see Drake in concert about how many records he right. has. Totally. And to yeah. try to limit that to 15 uh, from Jay's catalog, that'd be incredible. Yeah. Try, the, try the, to narrow that down. Yeah. The whole concept of it is basically imagine that you have met somebody who's never heard this artist. Like what 15 songs are you yeah. playing for them? Like yeah. if an alien came right. to, an alien landed and you had to show them the genius of Kanye West. Right. What would you pick? Yeah, we had we had some interesting debates on that. That's a really good episode. <laughs> what did uh, you don't you probably don't have the list handy? Uh, what were songs my wife was really riding for? For oh, Kanye, there was one that really shocked me. Hold on, I bet you I can find you a sec. Um, New workout plan. She just loves the auto tune on it. <laughs> the the Lil John remix, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> completely on with the Fonzo Bentley verse. It's definitely on the list. <laughs> like early Kanye GLC like mixtape cuts. 
Uh, I, I definitely I put, I put the good, bad, the ugly on right. mine. That was that was my representation of early Kanye. Yeah. Good morning, America. Good morning to Erica. Yep. <laughs> Classic work. Yep. Yeah, we had some see, really. Doc. See, I know. Doc like that record. Which uh, which one? The good, the bad, the ugly. It's cool. I don't know if it makes top fifteen though, because you have yeah. to factor in like greatness, popularity. Oh yeah, I, well that was that was part of it too. Is we li- we leave it up to each person to define what their criteria are. You know, do you want to do yeah. like a chronological sampling of the best of? Do you want to folk? Do you want to sort of you know? It's all sorts of interesting stuff. So this is this just turned into a self promotion for our definitive fifteen series, so everybody can listen. Which to that. probably means we need to do another one pretty right. soon. Yeah. So everybody can listen to that on clockradiospeakers.com. Um, we don't have the. So do we want to talk about future? Or are you still looking for your list? No, I was looking at my list. I was trying to figure out. I, I, I don't think I had anything from. I actually somehow didn't write down. Um, you you had. Um, I remember you wanted to. I think either you wanted to or you didn't put the original version of Home on there. Yeah, that was like a near miss for me. Was the original version of Home. I love that record. We had some if really. You did, if you did the definitive 15 on future, it'd be easy because it's just one record. <laughs> it's only made one song. So it's it's march madness and then everything else no there's different it, versions of the same be, record i i would be i would turn into hipster future fan and i'd be i would you know have my nose up in there i'd be like no we're talking about turn out the lights that's what we're talking about i want uh, that fu- give me that future <laughs> you like you like never end doc i'll take pluto 3d <laughs> that's you guys are deep on the future wave <laughs> I would. Yeah, I mean, we might need to do a future version. Oh no! This is his, this is his fifteenth project. <laughs> we could do like a three part series on it. This is part of the you know. Uh, now that he's got this deal with Apple Music, I mean, he used to just give this stuff to live mixtapes or whatever. But now he can just actually get get actual well, whatever money he can get out of stream. But he can actually turn these into quote unquote real projects. He can just start. You know, he he's got him Metro and Esco like hold up in the studio, just churning out five versions of the same song. Like now they actually have a real place for them, which is terrifying. Yeah, and absolutely. That, and that's how we get it's taken over for the nine nine and two thousand. <laughs> and that's how so he's got a new album and a tour. And and he says that in our mind, you said this before. How did he describe it? He said that he was on a hiatus. Yeah. Um do I wanna should I bring up the whole quote from his Instagram? He, I think he said, uh, I was preparing the feast, you walked away from the table too soon. <laughs> what? He, he said that on Twitter. So yeah. Anyway. Are you ready for you ready for a new uh future album? Can we talk about how terrible this lineup is? I was talking to someone at work today about this for this tour, this nobody's <laughs> safe tour. So we've got Future, Migos, Tory Lanes, Kodak Black, ASAP Ferg. I can think of no place uh, that I, I would hate to be uh, more than at this sort of a concert. Yeah, this yeah. Is, you got Young Thug too. Yeah, and Young just look Thug, at the places. Oh my that, god! And some of the places that they're going to, it's like no, seriously ruin the venue <laughs> yeah it's interesting so like the places they're going to i'm looking at where they're going to in my area these are sort of like the kind of semi-open air air theater sort of thing where it's like kind of like the like the first like the people closest are like undercover of like a, a a canopy but then there's like lawn seating basically it's like where dave matthews band plays every time he comes to connecticut because that's still a thing <laughs> <laughs> It's a Seattle legend right there. No Dave Matthews band slander on this podcast. Listen, for for basically, if you are roughly near my age and you went to high school or college in Connecticut, it was sort of a rite of passage that you have to that you had to go see Dave Matthews band at what used to be called the Meadows and is now called the Xfinity Theater because Comcast had to brand everything. Um, I see. Right, I see. Right before the Xfinity Theater, though, they are playing a Barclays. Yeah, they're playing an arena show. Yeah, so. 
boy. <laughs> but it, it's it. I mean, I, I'm at, in a sense, like I'm actually kind of glad. Like all those people are on tour together, which means yeah. they are not infecting other tours, right? Because absolutely, and they're running it through the summer, which means hopefully they will not be at many summer jams for various radio stations around the country because they usually do that as like a package. Oh right. So if these guys are all booked up for the entire summer, then your local radio station cannot grab any of these artists <laughs> off this tour. Interesting. Sparing you the the nonsense, but well, you know the kids would love this. Like, this is going to sell out. There's going to be all sorts of trashiness happening at this show. I'm just way too old to be involved in this kind of stuff. I'll be listening to Sampha in my headphones <laughs> uh, while the kids are out there at you know what is this the, the Jiffy Lube Live Pavilion or something or <laughs> May 11th in Bristol, Virginia. Yeah, that sounds like a fantastic show. <laughs> So, uh, well, you could go see, uh, Chance is going on tour now. You can go see Chance again. I'll only see him if he's performing at the Jiffy Lube Live. Theater. He is. He actually is. He actually oh, is. shoot. I don't go to shows anymore, though. No, you don't like, go to I'm shows? Too, I'm too old for this. Um, I just turned 35. I've been going to shows since I was, what, 14 or something. And for a long time, went to every single show every week from college to, you know, when you're a DJ and you just get all these free tickets. And so you just constantly get hit up. And so and so's in town, and it's come through, and so you just go to these shows, and every year you find yourself moving back <laughs> in terms of the seating, right? So you start as a kid, you're always got to be front row. It's it's so hype, it's so live. Um, nowadays, I literally will pop into the very back of the club, like <laughs> be seen, say hi to someone, make sure they check my name off the guest list so that I don't feel bad if the label looks at who picked up the guest list tickets and if they showed up or not. And then just bounce because what are like, what are you getting out of these tours? What are you getting out of a live show these days? Is it of interest to anyone? Sounds terrible. Studio records always sound better. Like I cannot imagine how terrible this future show is going to be. Oh, this future show is going to be awful live. Um, I'll give a plug to Chance though. I saw him live in the fall. His live show is really good. Yeah, I saw him in in London at the Wireless Festival, and I don't know. I watched it from way in the back, and just I don't know. I'd rather, I'd much rather just listen to stuff in my headphones. Maybe mm. I'm just old and out of touch. But did you uh, did you go to the St. Pablo tour hyphen? Uh, I missed the Pablo tour. I think that's the one where. He was dangling above the crowd. Yeah, that was that was wild. Message boards, if that thing fell, right? Like, um, (laughs) yeah, I I missed that one because I was in Australia at the time. Um, But I think I've been to every other Kanye tour, and the Glow in the Dark tour remains my favorite tour of all time. Yes, far and away, Glow in the Dark was was great. The um, the Pablo tour was um, it was an experience. I don't know if I would ever want to do it again. Yep. But it was definitely it was a lot. experience. It was a lot to take in. Yep. I mean, I went to a movie theater in London when they were live streaming the what was it the the Yeezy clothing three. line? Yeah, yeah. season three. Uh, yeah. Like to theaters around yeah. the globe, right? So we had probably a hundred people at what was it midnight or something in London watching Kanye DJ. Along with like Swaggy P, Lamar Odom made an appearance. <laughs> like Kid Cudi was there, and it was just one of those random experiences. And only Kanye can do that. So I even enjoyed that. I'm sure I would have enjoyed the St. Pablo tour, even if it was just him walking back and forth. It was um, basically that. I mean, it was basically the 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 concept of uh, of the the Easy Season Three. Just what happens if I put a, a mosh pit of people underneath me? 
Yeah, which is interesting. It's one of those things where visually it looked very cool, but then after about five minutes of looking at it, you're like, great, is that kind of all that, that we're going to see tonight? And, you know, just enjoy the music. But, right. um, yeah, I enjoyed his, his massive stage shows where he's got props and, you know, screens going crazy. And actually, the, I think the Glow in the Dark tour was special because I believe that's when we had a full band. And I think it was, was A-Track still his DJ at the time for that, or maybe A-Track had just quit. But he had basically super legit band and like an orchestra almost yep. alongside that tour. And that's kind of what made that extra special. Yeah. He had an orchestra for late registration tour. And at least when I saw him after dropout, he had like John Legend and Mary, Mary ben and like that, the, that crew of people Mary like ben Wow. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'll tell you my favorite Kanye uh, concert story. Shout out to my homie Tunji. We were in college all-Star Weekend in L.A., 2002 it must have been. No, maybe 2003. Um, Kanye had kind of only done like mixtape stuff, and he was headlining his first L.A. show. Uh, Don C., his manager, uh, was DJing for him. They were DJing off of CD decks, and the speakers were right next to the CD decks. So as soon as he would drop something, the bass would make the CDs skip. So it was basically just skipping every time he was trying to play something. So he had a piano player named John Stevens behind him, later known as John Legend. And so he decides to tell Don C., all right, stop, stop, stop. We can't do this off of CDs. We can't play the backing tracks uh, for all these records that would turn out to be college dropout. So he just has John Stevens, a.k.a. John Legend, playing acoustic piano behind him and Kanye <laughs> rapping the entire record and he kills it in front of about a thousand people in LA and he does last call like uh you know the last record or, or whatever uh, of college dropout and he's pouring drinks to everyone in the front row and I was like a college kid watching him I was like yo I'm a fan for life this is incredible that's pretty so, good that's pretty good yeah from then on even up to the stadium shows like I'm all in on Kanye so he can do some dumb issues, and I would still go see the show. But other than Kanye, Jay, Drake, I'm not sure I'm leaving the house for anybody. But this future Migos, Tory Lanez, Cody Black lineup might make me do it. <laughs> I was going to ask, so is there is there anybody on your, like, music bucket list of, you know, since you've been to so many shows, like, is there anybody you haven't seen yet that you'd want to see? Nah, like, seeing live? I can't, yeah. I mean, the people that I would have wanted to see live that I haven't are unfortunately not around anymore. So like Amy Winehouse would have been probably number one on that list. Would have loved to have seen her live. Um, and then all, you know, some of the legends that by the time I got into the industry, they were already unfortunately passed away like Biggie and Pac. I don't think I ever saw. Yeah. Pac came to a, the, the cube summer jam in like 1993 or something, but I was, like nine years old or something so i didn't go to that um yeah so i never saw them no i take it back i must have seen i think i saw Pac somewhere um so i don't know uh i can't think of anyone that i haven't seen i think i can only think of a couple people that i haven't actually met in the industry that i'd like to so like jay would be on that list i've never met jay i've never met m um but other than that i've pretty much met you know running into people either at events or interviewing folks like pretty much everyone and after years of doing it, I can safely say none of these people are that cool. And the industry is pretty much all smoke and mirrors. Some of these guys are great guys. A whole vast majority of them are weird. 
and uh, it's a good thing they can make good music because they bring very little to normal day-to-day conversations and stuff. So shout out to the artists that are actually good interviews and interesting people and have dedicated causes and, and things that they're there to actually accomplish because the majority of folks it, are just really weird in this industry. So um, yeah, I don't know. You guys got any bucket list artists that you're dying to see perform? I need to see Jay live. Uh, yeah, same. I was Jay live. No, not Jay live, but Jay Z, oh. comma live. <laughs> Jay live. <laughs> yeah, I really want to hear the best part. Um. <laughs> yeah, I'm just say I've probably seen Jay live like I don't know five or six times. He does a good show. He actually, he actually, ironically, would be someone to go see because his live gimmick was he used to DJ and rap at the same time, right? So he's got that one record. It might be the best part. It might be the title track, or it's one of the yeah. songs off that album where he's spinning, you know, records on both turntables and he's like cutting them back and forth as he raps. It's actually really dope to see. Um, but what you're telling me you have not seen Jay Z live? No, no. The so the I was supposed. So like, what? I, both of you, you've never. Seen I, I was supposed live. to see the uh, the disastrous Best of Both Worlds tour, but he canceled uh, because R. Kelly went crazy. So my tickets got refunded to me. Uh, I would have seen Watch the Throne, but I'm pretty sure it was like right in the middle of my honeymoon. So that didn't happen. And then since then, it was sort of this problem of like, I'm going to have to like try to figure out a way to get him whenever he does one of these like title X things or something. Because like, I feel like, so he did the Timberlake tour. He did the Beyonce stuff. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to those like. You know, but I don't know at this point, is Jay really going to do like a, a soul, like a strictly like Jay hip hop tour? I don't really know. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he would just do, I don't know, like maybe I'm wrong, but unless there's a watch the throne two tour, which I doubt, then I might've missed my chance for that sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the watch the throne tour was good. Aside from the, you know, weirdness of the last record of the night doing the Paris, like rat song, you know, 10 times or whatever. And then increasing that with every stop on the tour. But I'm shocked you guys haven't seen Jay at some point. Like, I saw Jay starting with the Hard Knock Life tour. Where were you guys then in '97 or whatever? Like, as a kid, you didn't go to that in, your in class. Kids? I, oh, man. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I lived in rural Oklahoma, so no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I lived in Colorado at the time, and all the all the hip hop tours would go to Denver, and we lived in yeah. Colorado Springs, and nobody was driving an hour for a rap show. Yeah, fair enough. That was a legendary tour. That was like yeah. Ja Rule, Meth, Redman, DMX, Jay. What a good time yeah, as a kid, yeah. yeah. But um, go see Jay-Z live at some point, but now you're going to get basically like Jay and Beyonce, right? I know, I know. The group tour. Right. I have no, and you know, I had no desire to, to go see that. Especially here, because like, so I could try to, like where I'm at, I'm halfway between Boston and New York. So I can either try to get tickets to a New York show, which is, impossible um or like when kanye comes to boston it's it's where the celtics play so that's at the garden i can actually get decent tickets to that as long as you pay attention but when jay has come through on his last two big tours with beyonce and and timberlake they do it at fenway park so it's like a but it's a tarot it's like one of those setups where it's like the stage is like in the outfield and they want people to buy like either floor seats like grass in the infield or like think of the regular seats like in a ballpark it, you might as well watch it on TV. It's not really going to a live show. It's the it's the it's the stadium, it's the stadium problem. You know what I mean? Like, if you go to 
I mean, for the right artist, it can work because they take advantage of the size of the place. But, you know, no offense to Jay, but like if I'm going to Jay, to a Jay-Z show and I'm sitting so far away that I need binoculars to see the screen, like I'm not going to that. <laughs> Agree. Yeah. Yeah. We saw the Beyonce Jay-Z tour at Safeco Field. Oh, the Mariners same, same problem. Stadium out here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the trick is when you do have to go to the joint show, though, is yeah. look at the set list from like mm. the night before online because someone will have posted it yeah. and then you can plan your exit strategy accordingly <laughs> so as soon as we saw that it ended with like four consecutive beyonce ballads we're like great we know exactly when we're we're right. gonna bounce from this one right beat the crowd that's a veteran move right there for you yeah i i got jay but i mostly have people i was like to see the roots live they're great um, live and i need to, i need to see people like that I'm fans of now. So I need to see King live. There's a, they just announced a show at the Hollywood bowl, September 24th. That's like Solange blood orange and King. Like I need to be at that concert. Um, so it like stuff like, like that, like people that I like, I want to see Dornick live and I'm old. So I'd want to see Anita Baker live new edition, stuff like that. Yeah. There's but, some of the new, new cats would be cool to see. Like I mentioned that rapper, uh, loyal Carner from the UK. He's dope. Um, just thinking the other day I saw the internet are coming to Seattle. They would be dope to see. Yeah. Didn't have to see the internet live. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But you're not really, you know, <laughs> I would like to go to like a festival. I haven't been to a made in America. I'm sure I'm setting myself up for stress, Co- but a made in America, Coachella or Co- something Co- like that. Come out to, festivals, are, festivals are terrible. Man. No, no, no. no. Co- come out to Eau Claire's with me, Armand. I'm going again this year. I am not coming to Wisconsin. Listen, I'm going back to Wisconsin for Eau Claire's. It's going to be great. No. who? So who's going to be Francis and a bunch of people that I don't know? Chance will be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm going because Francis is going, but um, um, you don't want to see like Bonnie Vare and a whole bunch uh, of like random white guys nope. with guitars. No, you're not really into that. Nope. nope. See, the great thing about Eau Claire's is like it's this like real chill festival in the middle of the Wisconsin woods. Everything is cheap outside of the festival itself. As long as you can get there, it's I don't know. I, I we had, we we went two years ago, had a blast. Um. Going back. That sounds terrifying. This sounds like the last place on earth I'd want to be. This sounds the same way that Donald Trump portrays the inner city. I feel about rural America. I feel like if I walked through Eau Claire, Wisconsin, I would be murdered. And I have no doubt about that. So I'm staying away from that. I'm cities only. Uh, Yeah, we're we're headed back out. The hardest part is just getting there. Like, I got to fly to Minneapolis, and then I got to rent a car and drive 90 minutes east. <laughs> That's a lot of dedication. It is a lot of dedication, but we'll have a good time. It really is. <laughs> I'll just say that. Yeah. Well, all right. We we ended up... I didn't expect to talk about live shows. I mean, we talked about... So, <laughs> back to... Let's... Cl- so, we don't care about the future show um, or any of these future tour dates, but um, we interested at all in a future album or not really? No. Yeah, I don't think so. No, Future is my least favorite artist in music right now, so no. That's a that's a that's a strong wow. statement. It is. Hot take. <laughs> it is. He brings nothing to the table that I appreciate, so I don't know. I'm not in the demo for it. I don't like sonically how it sounds. I don't like what it represents. I don't there's it serves no purpose in my life and I'm not only I'm not just saying that because I'm from Seattle and Russell Wilson and Sierra and Future have this weird <laughs> ongoing 
beef. I'm not saying it because of that. I just think, yeah, bringing nothing to the table for me. I think, yeah, I'm trying to think who's my least favorite artist right now in hip hop. Maybe Uzi Vert. I can't stand him. How can, you oh, tell, yeah, how can you tell him apart from all the other? Exactly. <laughs> I would toss Lil Yachty up there in my least favorite category. I'm going like, to go with Yachty. Off the Sprite commercial alone, I just I wanted to kill myself for like the four hours following being exposed to that. It was, yeah. Lil, Lil Yachty's bringing nothing to the table. Either. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate because I actually kind of like Dram, um, but Yachty on Broccoli was no, 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 not happening. Yachty yeah. on anything is not happening, right. man. Like, that's the thing. Like, if you're going to, I don't know, you have to, you have to bring something in there. There's no melody. There's certainly no no lyrics. But I'm not. I don't even need lyrics at this point. Like, I've already lowered the bar <laughs> for a lot of these folks. So if you're gonna do it, like, you at least have a hot beat, have some sort of melody, uh, do something. He's just bringing nothing to the table for me. Yeah, he sounds like a real life embodiment of like Twenty One Jump Street. And what I mean by that is he's like really in his 60s, but they've got him like masked up as a like 20 year old kid because he just has a really old like Mr. Rogers voice. Like he should be reading to small children in a library, but he has colored dreads and is rap sing rapping and it's weird. I'm good. All right. Well, that was a depressing way. Is there anything else that we want to talk about? That might I don't know. Now that you said it's depressing, I feel like we have to like end on a high note somehow. <laughs> this is Trump's America. How? What is not depressing about oh, 2017 right God. now? I know every, the t- world we live in. every time I here check my go. phone, I'm just waiting for another New York Times news alert and I'm dreading it. Yeah, okay, here we world go. World War Three has started, yeah. Here we go. So okay. on a high note, what, yeah. what has everybody been listening to this week? Since we really didn't review any music, what's everybody been listening to? Let me see. Let me see what we played on our last episode of Sunday Night Sound Session. Uh... Played some Sampha. There's a new project from these R&B, or an R&B project from a group called Sonder. Are you guys familiar with that? No. And all this singer named Brent Fiaz, and then a couple of producers that are affiliated with like the Selection Crew. It's very like mood music kind of sort of thing. Uh, Sid's album is fire. Sampha's album is fire. Matt Martians from the internet. Um, Loyal Carner for like the fifth plug uh that i've given him on the show uh the new sir ep is pretty good vince staples has a crazy record hopefully his new album is is good of all people sci high the prince has a brand new song that's really good so i'm looking forward to seeing if he actually comes out with a an album he's working on his debut album which seems very strange to me because sci high has been in our consciousness for like eight years now and has not released an album so i don't know there's that the big sean album is pretty solid not as good probably as his previous one, but there's a lot of good music out. There always is. Yeah, we should probably encourage our listeners to follow uh, Hyphen on Twitter with your Sunday Night Sound Sessions because you are always listening to stuff that um, most people have never heard of but is actually really, really dope. So Yeah, I mean, we, we're trying to go through just all the new music that comes out every week and then picking like our 20 to 25 favorite records and just playing them whether they're songs from you know big artists like kanye or drake or jay or someone like that all the way down to unsigned artists um it's ironic to plug it right now because i'm about to go to brazil and i'm taking basically a month off from the show um but we do have all of our past episodes up on our blog the audacity of dope.com we also post them all up on mixcloud because soundcloud sucks um <laughs> no sound, 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 
Yeah, SoundCloud's great, except the they just couldn't figure out the copyright thing. Somehow Mixcloud could. So yeah, all of our radio shows are up on Mixcloud. Um, and yeah, hit me up on Twitter, at DJ Hyphen. Same on Facebook, on Instagram, all that. Um, we'll be off air for about a month, but then we're coming back. And I'm sure we'll have all sorts of good music. And hopefully I'll even find some sort of like Brazilian underground hip hop or something to bring back from my travels. So yeah, hit me up and uh, definitely don't get d- discouraged about the, the, the amount of music out there right now. There's so much good stuff. You just kind of have to have a willingness to look for it. But it's all out there for sure. Armand, you got anything you're listening to? Um, I have not listened to anything besides... Um, Friends of the show, Taylor Gray and Christian Gray put out a project uh, Monday called uh, Jacob and Judas, and it is phenomenal. Um, it's just it, I can't express just how good it is. Um, and I really love the way that they rolled it out. Um, that's pretty much been all that I've listened to. And the and the Beyonce record <laughs> and Shining. That's all I've been, and Taylor's album that's coming out next month. I, I've got an early copy of that. So. That's been it because I'm working on my own music. And when I work on my own music, I try not to listen to other stuff. So that's pretty much been it. But I need to check out that Matt Martians album. Um, I wasn't crazy about Sid's album. It just made me want an internet album. But I know Matt Martians has a more traditional internet sound. Would that be safe to say? Yeah, the Matt Martians album is, is kind of interesting. To me, it sounds like a bunch of kind of demos almost. Like they're really short records. They're like chorus heavy so there's not really verses on it um sounds a lot of like pharrell demos really is what it sounds like which i'm i'm here for um but it is weird that all the internet folks are doing their own separate projects and you just can't help but think if you guys just all came back together like why why break up the band even though they didn't break up like why split it up why feel the need to do all the individual ones when they're so good collectively um, yep. but yeah, I agree. So there's, there's little things missing from Sid's album and there's probably some little things missing from Matt Martian's album, but it's a good listen. It's just a fun, fun listen. So definitely check that out. I've ironically, me of all people been on a little bit of an R and B kick this week. <gasps> I know, I know. Uh, Prince's catalog is now available on all streaming services. So I definitely, uh, definitely did a little Prince deep dive this past week, but, uh, what else have I been listening to? Uh, I actually like the new scissor record, Drew Barrymore. Um, Daniel Caesar has two records out now that are really dope. I got back into Division because that album is actually incredible. It's a great album. Yeah. The Division album is phenomenal. Um, what else was, was I listening to? That and uh, the other time I've spent on music has been helping our mom with stuff <laughs> and uh, working on stuff. So haven't listened to much else. So yeah, that's it for me. So, uh, yo, Armand, when you, when you have some records ready, you need to send them over so we can check them out and get them on the show, man. 1000%. I will totally, totally do that. Um, speaking of one one more thing before we go, is your, um, is your submission blog still up? Ah, yes. So we did inbox madness for years, which was basically just ridiculous quotes that I got in my inbox when people were submitting, like whether it was in their bio or whether, they were just asking me ridiculous things. Uh, whenever I have time to check my email and actually read through it, uh, there is no shortage of ridiculous shit that people say. Um, and I will post that on Twitter with the hashtag inbox madness. And yeah, the Tumblr is still up there, but I don't think I've updated it in a minute. It's really just the time issue. I spent so much, uh, you know, working on my day job stuff that I don't have time to dive into the thousands of emails on the, the hyphen inbox, but man, the madness has not stopped. It has only grown 
Where where can people check that out at? Because I need. I think it's. To... Yeah, I think the 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 archives are still up at inboxmadness.tumblr.com. So you can either do that or you can search on Twitter for the hashtag Inbox Madness, but I'm not sure how far back that will go. But yeah, de- definitely check out some of those things. The rich rappers say is, is will never uh, never cease to amaze. So when you submit yours, please keep it Inbox Madness friendly. I got you. I got Thanks. you. I, got you. <laughs> I mean, unless you want to purposely try to go after that that that, that idea, that's another strategy. No. <laughs> I mean, it's clear in some yes. of these submissions that people will say something ridiculous just to try to right. to get your attention, right? Like, but it's still dumb. Like, it's all corny. Just be yourself. Just submit music. Like, if there's any artists listening out there, like, focus your efforts on the music. Be genuine, both in the music and in your dealings with people in the industry, and you'll find you go a lot farther that way than trying some sort of weird tactic of like, yo, I'm just gonna really make an impression. Like, nah, man, just do that with the good music and then just being a good person and, and interacting with everyone in a good way. And that, that's going to take you much further. Well, I think that's as good a good way as any to end this week. So, uh, Hyphen, thank you again for, for joining us on the show. Um, appreciate you talking about – we started just on the Grammys, but then, you know, somehow we got way further and, and way off. But that's that's what we do on the show. So thank you again for, for being on the show. Um, and again, everybody can find him typically – uh, at whatever social network you're on, if he's on it, it's uh, DJ Hyphen. That's right. Yep, that's me, DJ H Y P H E N. And thank you guys. It's always fun to hop on here. Thanks, man. Armand, you got anything else? New music next week. New music next. Oh, oh, okay. Well, right. rapidly raps next week. Not hey. six. It's lit. <laughs> yes. Turn turn up. Zuvi. The kids don't say Zuvi anymore. That's old. They don't. No. Oh man, I'm old. <laughs> That's terrible. All right. Well, we'll see y'all next week.